genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I tried to think of something and I couldn't go with anything. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 130, which starts with Gandalf finishing the line from yesterday. Um, he says such times and then ends with Gandalf also saying, let me risk and we'll find out what he's risking. Tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. Next week. Next Monday. Yes. I don't like fate. <laughs> I know that's like a big statement to open the discussion with. Um, Gandalf says to Frodo, Bilbo was meant to find the ring. And you were meant to have it. And that, that is... is an encouraging thought. Frodo's face... Does not look encouraged. No, he doesn't. He's like, that's stupid. <laughs> if I was meant to do this with my life, that sucks, Gandalf. <laughs> Yo, coot, like. <laughs> Crazy old man. Yeah. I, I'm not super into fate or destiny or what what have you um i'm more interested in i think i think it's boring the the result of a story should not be because it was always fated to happen the interesting thing about prophecies and stuff is that or even like time travel like the future can always be rewritten. The Your personal choice as a person, as a character in this world, has an effect on what happened. I think that fate kind of undermines that. Well, I mean, not kind of, it does. It undermines the choices that these characters make and it almost negates their entire journey. I don't think Frodo was meant to have the ring. I don't think Frodo was meant to carry the ring. I think because at the very beginning it says, you know, a very like a and then Something happened, Something the happened ring did not intend. that the ring did not intend. Right, but the ring is not in control of fate. No. But what is? Well, in theory, Eru. Yeah, but that's boring. But. I'm a little biased. Yes. Uh, based on my personal what have you. Um, I, I don't think stories like that are interesting. Because that, to me, negates Frodo's choice to... Because he makes a decision to stand up and say, I will take it. I will carry the ring to Mordor. Yeah. 
Gandalf doesn't want him to. I think Gandalf knows that Frodo is going to end up doing this, but not because of fate. I think he knows that because he knows Frodo. Right. But at the end of the day, isn't that almost the same thing? No, it's not. If someone knows what decision you will make, then did you ever really have a choice? Well, yes, you always have a choice. Right, but fate's no different. Fate is just the perspective of something else that knows what decision you will make. I think knows was the wrong word. I think Gandalf intuits that Frodo will probably end up doing this, which explains his, you know, like, soul-crushingly, like, slow-mo, like, kind of like he closes his eyes and then takes a breath and then turns to address Frodo at the council. I think there was an inkling in the back of Gandalf's mind, knowing what he knows of hobbits in general, and Frodo in particular, that Frodo will end up on this journey. I don't think that's fate. I think that's just him knowing his friend. My argument is that that's the same thing. Fate is just the perspective of something else that knows you better than yourself and knows what you will do. It's not a matter of dictating your decision. He just knows what decision you will make. Yeah, but... And that's different. There's a difference between dictation and knowing. And depending on how you interpret fate, I think you can tell interesting stories with destiny. Knowing means that without a doubt, you 100% know for sure. Gandalf, I, and I, I, I still think that Gandalf doesn't know for 100% that he's going to die. Like you, like you keep saying. (laughs) I think He realizes there is a chance of that happening, but I don't think, I don't think Frodo was meant to have the ring. I think the ring comes to Frodo, I mean, not of its own volition. It doesn't want anything to do with these crusty little people. He's had five, it's had 500 years of Gollum. He doesn't want. (laughs) These crusty little people. (laughs) He doesn't want anything to do with hobbits anymore. Right. He's had half of, it's had, he, it's had half of a millennia with Gollum. Yes. It's done. No more hobbits. No more underground. No more underground. Why do you live like that anyway? Cold and wet and dirty. (laughs) And no more fish. (laughs) No more songs about dead fish. It just wants to be warm. (laughs) But not too warm. And back. Back home. Back home with its bay. (laughs) Right. I don't think... Uh, Gandalf, I think you you missed the mark. I I do not find it encouraging. I find I and I think Frodo agrees with me. I think he finds the idea that he was meant to have this and be on this hell quest frightening, horrifying. Yeah. Well, this is a very the way that this is framed is a very Christian sentiment in the whole. Oh yeah, like, nothing is going to be piled on you that you can't handle. No, yeah, absolutely, and I I do find that admirable and. Tolkien himself was a very devout Catholic. Yes. I mean, one of his best friends was C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Lewis wrote, like, the Christ metaphor in a fantasy story. So, With a lion. Yeah. <laughs> a theme. Uh, <laughs> so. People like rewriting things with lions. They're very 
noble creatures, yes. but they're also cats, so they're really dumb. <laughs> oh, look, a box. I shall destroy it. <laughs> this is every cat's reaction, no matter of size. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say, is that why Aslan cracks the, the marble box that he's <laughs> sacrificed on? It's a box. But that's another, um, that's another franchise altogether. Yes, it I is. do. I do like that movie. I like that movie. It's not bad. Also filmed in New Zealand, so, yes. you know. <laughs> New Zealand just lends itself to fantasy. Because it looks like such an old place, because it's mostly untouched. Yeah, I mean, like. Australia and New Zealand have some of the oldest surviving, like, above-sea-level bedrock. Right. So it just has a, a primal quality to yeah, it. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go to there. Um, so I do... I do... I don't agree with Gandalf's thing about fate. However, I agree with literally everything else he says. <laughs> because his... I don't know, like... It's very contradictory to me because then he finishes it up with, um, or he goes on to say that, you know, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not up to them. What is up to them is what they're, they're, they're to do with the time to, that is given us. Yeah. To do with the time that is given. But if, okay. So if, but if you connect that statement with the idea of fate, then the time that is given to you is also fated. Like when you're going to die is known it's written down it, it's something that is i don't think that's what he's getting at though i think like but when you connect those two ideas that's that's what comes out of it like the time is given is a set time yeah and this whole but conversation it's not specified it, you know he doesn't say in the allotted time it's just the time that you have the time that is given the time that is given to you given no i understand i'm not talking about that though like well that's what i mean though like Given is the same as allotted. Mm. Those words can mean the same thing in same con in some contexts. I don't think so. Well, if using the time that you have because is a very not... different statement than the time that is given. The time that, but the time that you have sounds more like fate than the time you are given. I disagree. The time that you have. I don't know. Just to me, it feels super contradictory. And I've all, I've, I, I don't know. For the longest time, like, I have always disliked stories about destiny. Or like, that's why, I don't know. I, I keep talking about Harry Potter, but Harry Potter's life. So. But that's, that story is as much about destiny as this one. No, I understand that. There, but there is a prophecy and the actions of people are what end up... It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The prophecy does not specify which child. Right. And he makes a conscious decision. He chooses one. And that that influences right. what happens. Right. But the problem... It's not like, Voldemort will kill Harry Potter. Like... It's right, right, right. <laughs> but the the problem with anything like that is the problem of unknowns. Whenever you talk about prophecy, fate, self-fulfilling prophecies, 
it is just as possible, even likely, that if you had made the other choice, the prophecy wouldn't have come true. Or the, the story wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have died. It is just as probable that he had no choice as he did have a choice. It's the same probability. What? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There is the same likelihood that he lives as Voldemort, right? We're talking about Voldemort yeah, yeah. trying to kill Harry and then he evaporates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So if he had gone after <laughs> Neville instead, the way the story is presented. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> we're, we're not Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> no. But we're talking about fate. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I just like. There, it is just wait, as wait, likely. Wait, wait, wait. I don't want to get into. I don't want to get into the the semantics of Harry Potter. No, um, I'm trying to get into the semantics of fate. No, but we're okay. using that as an example. So I'm using Harry Potter as an example of a story about destiny and prophecy that is influenced by people's actions. That I like. Gandalf is saying Bilbo was meant to have the ring. You were meant to have it. End of sentence. Yeah. No choice. Nothing. Bilbo was meant to find the ring. You were meant to have it. Right. That's not Voldemort picking a baby to kill. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? This is when we get into the semantics of fate. (laughs) Because there is... a metaphysical minute, everybody. So when it comes to the concept of fate, there is no difference in the end between a prophecy that is true, quote-unquote, or a self-fulfilling prophecy. In the end, they are the same because that's what you did. You still followed the lines. You colored inside of what you were given. It doesn't matter whether or not your choices seemed to be self-fulfilling. The fact that the prophecy was made and you followed it is verification of the fated nature of the prophecy. I guess doesn't matter how you perceive it. If the end is the same, whether or not the prophecy was vague and seemed self-fulfilling or was direct, it doesn't matter. You did what it said you would do. Yeah, but that sucks. That's the same. That sucks. I know. My point still stands. That sucks. <laughs> so, so the prophecy in Harry Potter is no different than here. It's just less direct. But people still color but inside I... the lines. We're also talking about something that is concepted as a myth. There's a lot of destiny theming in this story. Aragorn is destined to be King of Gondor again. Like, it's not a... It's his fate. That's not interesting to me. I find the journey more interesting than the conclusion. And that's just a matter of taste. I don't care what the end is, as long as I enjoy the ride. Yeah, but you're weird. I don't necessarily think I'm weird. Thousands of years of tale telling were told in this no, way. I know. I just like because people find something really fulfilling in the idea that they are meant for greatness. That's so like that's so self-interested. I'm not interested in myself being great. I'm interested in these characters and what they have to say about that. Frodo doesn't want greatness. Frodo just wants to go home and read a book. Yeah. Under a tree. Yeah. He wants to he wants to live out his life as we first saw him. Right. Being a nerd. I... 
I wish the ring had never come to me. Yeah. So do all who live to see such times. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I saw that a lot um, over the winter um, for various reasons. Um, <laughs> and I like that aspect of it. I like that aspect of the story because like the author had just witnessed the horrors of war twice right and i like that because it's so it's so general but it's also so specific like such times yeah like what are such times well you know evil right evil's afoot and it it doesn't really matter I like the fact that it is generic because it spans over multiple um, um, occasions or um, periods of time. And I like that, you know, even if it's something small, like, like people, there's always going to be hardship. And I like that aspect of this conversation yeah. like there's always going to be hardship that's a constant it's not fate <laughs> it's just a fact of life life sucks life sucks and you either you either whine about it or you do something about it yeah which to me doesn't really fit in with the faded narrative if that makes sense. Like, you have this constant, X. Yeah. Hardship. In multiple forms. You know, what's a hardship for someone else? Probably looks like a piece of cake. Everyone has their own personal demons. Like, their own personal thing that they need to overcome. And they're always going to be like, why, why is this happening to me? Why do I have to deal with this? And I like Gandalf's advice. You can't do anything about the constant because the constant is always going to be there. What you do have is the time that you have, the time that is given to you to either overcome it or at least accept it. Yeah. You know? And in that, there's still a choice. Or at least you feel there is. No, there is a choice. You either you either deal with it and overcome, or you don't, and you accept it. There's always a choice. I like stories about fate where the choices feel like they matter, but at the at the end of the day it's still about destiny. That I to me, A, that feels really lazy. And B, I feel like even if their choices matter and it happens anyway, that is completely ignoring the journey. Like, you said that you enjoy stories about fate that, you know, are about the journey. It doesn't really matter how they end. But to me, both the journey and the ending, um, like... There is not one without the other. What happens in the journey leads up to the ending. Otherwise, it's just like a like a deus ex machina. Like, you know, whatever. 
but it almost feels like a slap in the face. Like these characters make these choices and then something happens anyway. What what even is the point? If if at that point it's it's not even about the journey, it's just like the shortest distance between point A and point B. If point B is fated to happen, no matter where on the graph you go, you might as well just draw a straight line. Well, no. that's not a story. That's that's like a that's like a like a. Do like what you a, can with the time that's given to you. That's the important takeaway here. No, I know. It doesn't matter if if that time is two weeks, two years, two hundred years. What you do in between matters because it's who you are. Yeah, but in the grand scope of things, why does it matter? Because it's still you. Yeah, but then you're going to be dead. So who cares? It doesn't matter. It, it, everything dies. Yeah. So you might as well enjoy the time you're given. But if To the you... best of your ability. Regardless of where you end. No, I know, but... That's the whole, like, encourage... But that's, that's not fate. That's a constant. Everyone's going to die. Everything dies. Right. Everything dies. The universe dies. Everything is moving towards a point. That isn't fate. That's a constant. Like, hardship. This constant is going to happen okay. no matter what. So, the, the, eventual, the eventual and inevitable heat death of the universe. Right. Right? Happy Friday. <laughs> that's going to happen. Yes. We know that's going to happen. Yes. That's fate. That's not fate. That's science. Fate. Okay. The difference between a constant, a constant and a, like, and fact, like constant, fact, fate. Fate is just picking something arbitrary to happen and knowing it's going to happen. Bilbo was meant to find the ring. That's not the inevitable heat death of the universe. That's not hardship. That's not death. Bilbo was meant to find the ring. And you were meant to have it. That is the difference. That is not a constant. That is an arbitrary point. That's what I'm talking about with fate. Hmm. You understand what I mean? Yes. Frodo dying is not... I mean... We're talking about like immortal beings, but like norm under normal circumstances. Under normal circumstances, hobbits do not go to the Grey Havens. Correct. They have eight babies. They get fat. Right. They brew beer. They're happy. They die. Yes. <laughs> There's always there will always be a baggins and baggins. <laughs> under normal circumstances, that is the trajectory of Frodo's life. Yeah. Fate is the alteration of that trajectory. Bilbo was meant to find the ring, and you were meant to have it. That's like trying to draw a circle and ending up with a triangle. <laughs> but in their world, there I know is... Ma magic is tangible, and the... The presence... And there is an omniscient being. No, I know. The presence of the divine is literally reflected in Gandalf because he is a space angel wizard. Yes. Frodo doesn't know that. Nobody knows that. Gandalf kind of knows that, but he, you know, mortal flesh. Um, 
And I know that that's different because magic is tangible. But the story is still applicable to our life where there are no space space angel wizards as far as I am aware. If we have a space angel wizard listener, I would like to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Hello, space angel wizard. It's me, Norman. I, I just, like... And I know at face value, the story is just... Whatever happens in the story is what's going to happen. Whatever. The, I, like, the... And in the story, fate is is um dictated by the author yeah the author in a way is the omniscient being crafting this world because he's literally doing that yeah in a way all stories are kind of faded because they're all planned ahead of time no yeah that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about taking the journey of these characters and applying it to like applying their journey, their struggle, their choices to the the real world. That's how I appreciate art. You know, See, I appreciate art as art. That's mostly the most separate from, thing I've ever. Heard. I appreciate stories mostly separate from anything real or I, tangible. I look at things with a philosophical lens, oh but not God. necessarily a realistic That's lens. That's the most pretentious thing I've ever heard. I appreciate stories because of what they mean to me. And maybe that means that I'm an emotional woman or whatever. Whatever. I have emotions. I like stories. I like stories that speak to me. Bilbo was meant to find the ring. And you were meant to have it. To me, personally, flies in the face of every other choice that these characters make in this entire trilogy. And it's just that one line. It's just that one line. I love the rest of this. See, the rest of this is wonderful and very inspiring. And it really, really helps me to think that, you know, so do all who live to see such times. But we have to do what we have with the time that's given us. Like, that's what I'm, that's what I mean by when I say fate, I think, especially in like the context, because like you were saying, Every story's faded because every author pretty much knows what's going to happen. Yeah. They at least have some part of the ending planned out. I mean, Harry Potter again, the the epilogue. She always knew that that was going to happen. Right. I think she should have rewrote it, but that's a different thing. Um So in, like, the microcosm of that specific narrative, yes, everything is faded because the author is telling me that. What I'm choosing to take out of stories, though, is not that. It's what the characters are able to do, what the characters are able to do with the time that's given to them. What the character, what the character is able to do based on how they adapt to their environment and how they choose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, and this is where the way that I think about fate in stories like this is always that someone knows a singular event will happen, but doesn't know how it will get there. Yeah, but that's so... And that's different. 
that's not the same as knowing everything that will happen. No. It's knowing this one thing will happen. Yeah, but and that's that doesn't, still... that doesn't that doesn't devalidate choices the characters make. Knowing but that's still like picking an arbitrary point. If if that point if knowing the how one thing is going to happen and it's not in Doctor Who, this is a fi- they're fixed points. Yeah, but even with Doctor Who, fixed points are able to be messed up. Well, yes, that's because Doctor Who is like God, but it's whatever. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna ignore that. The future can always be rewritten because you know David Tennant said so. Well, uh, <laughs> because okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so you're saying that fate means that a character knows what is going to happen. One thing that is going to happen. Yes. That is not the inevitable heat death of the universe. <laughs> that is an arbitrary point. It could be the time of the inevitable no, heat death of the universe. That's that's not that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm like trying to like Bilbo was meant to find the ring. Yeah. That has nothing to do with any of the characters dying. That's not a constant. That is an arbitrary point on Bilbo's graph, and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Iluvatar flipped a coin. That sucks. <laughs> My point still knew. stands. Fate sucks. <laughs> he wrote a song, and whatever the song was is what happens. We talked about this. The no, Silmarillion. I know. Like, everything that happens in Middle-earth is a song that was played at the beginning of time. Right. And now it's playing out physically. But even... Now we're getting into Silmarillion. Okay. So even though, like... The the Maiar and the Valar. Valar? Valar first. Even though the Valar see what their song has created, it's still up to them. To build it. To build it. Yeah. That is not fate. That is a vision. That is having a vision for the future. That's not fate. And Morgoth the entire time messes with the vision. Right. But no matter how he messes with the vision, what they see and what they build is what they saw. Morgoth's meddling doesn't matter. It only adds to it. I'm still going on. I I haven't gotten that far yet. We get that in that first part because we talk about how Morgoth tried to meddle with the water. And look, he made ice and clouds. And Iluvatar is just like, and I intended that. Not even the ice and the water. Like, after they leave the the halls of whatever. Right. But you take that moment with a Tumno and not a Tumno. Um Ulmo and Iluvatar. Yeah. And you apply it to the whole situation because that's how literary structure works. So Iluvatar says I'm not to talking Ulmo, about literary structure. Right. I'm talking about fate here. Okay. You have to apply this to the whole like Silmarillion thing. Iluvatar looks at Ulmo and says, Look what Morgoth did. He was meddling and he tried to corrupt your creation. But look what he made. I knew he would do this. And he's made your creation better, as I knew he would. There is nothing Morgoth can, Melkor can do Melkor, I'm sorry. to undo what I have planned for you, is basically what he says. But what I'm talking about is... That includes the vision they see and what no, they no, no, build. No, no, no. What I'm talking about is after they leave and go to Arda. Right. Where they have no contact with Iluvatar anymore whatsoever because they have cast themselves out voluntarily. Right. To create this vision. Yeah. So, Melkor 
Melkor probably wasn't supposed to make Balrogs. He made Balrogs. He made dragons. He probably wasn't supposed to make dragons. Right. But you need to take that conversation and stretch it out and apply it to what we are about to see, because that's how that works. Like, you take that conversation with Ulmo, where he says, there is nothing Melkor can do that will mess up my plan for you. And carry it forward beyond when they see the vision and leave to go to Middle-earth. Because Iluvatar had everything planned. And what they build is what they saw, and it doesn't matter how much Melkor tries to break it, they still succeed in creating Arda and creating Middle-earth. Yeah. But it's not exactly the way they saw it. Though. No, but also we are we are given in the very, very beginning of the Silmarillion the whole, like, Iluvatar didn't show them the ultimate end of everything. The vision stopped short. Right. So Iluvatar knows what's going to happen. He knows what they're going to build. He knows what Melkor is going to do. That's what that conversation with Ilmo is about. He knows that Melkor is going to fall and do bad things to try to muck it up. Well, he already has. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. But he like he knows that everyone that's gonna... knows that that's not that's not saying ooh I like ooh I saw it in your right. future. He but he literally tells like Omo, looks at Melkor and he's like, hey, you're doing bad stuff. And Melkor's like, yeah, what you gonna do about it? He's like, man, nothing, sing whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but but he tells Ulmo, it doesn't matter what Melkor does. He doesn't disrupt the plan. That's that's what he tells Ulmo. I know, but that isn't. That's but not... that's the truth. That's what happens. We have to take that as what goes on. I know, but that's not the same as fate. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Bilbo I have was this meant plan. to find the ring. Everything that's that not... happens is a part of the song. Bilbo, okay, Bilbo was meant to find the ring is so absurdly specific <laughs> as opposed to, hey, whatever this guy does, the earth is still going to happen. Just Isildur was meant to cut the ring from Sauron's finger? That's no. No. Does someone say that? No, probably not. Okay. Uh... Elves are meant to leave Middle-earth. That's a constant. Elves have been leaving Middle-earth because they're not from Middle-earth. That's not fate. That's just... That's just... That's it depends on how you define fate, because it's by design that they have to leave Middle-earth. Yeah, that's not fate. That's that's a constant. That's their death. We've already talked about this. You and I think about fate differently. Anything that is predetermined by design, no matter what it is, is fate. Yeah. Bilbo was meant to find the ring is right. vastly different from designing elves to go die by, like, going onto an island. No, no. Any, <laughs> anything that is predetermined with a predetermined end point is fate. And the predetermined end point That's for not, elves no. is the age of man. That's still fate. As long as there is a predetermined end point, that's fate. Just like... No, it's not. That's a Android's programmed with a timeline. Oh, God. Let's not talk about fate. robots. It's fate. No, it's not. That's the whole struggle of Blade Runner. I haven't seen... I haven't seen Blade Runner. It's still fate. <laughs> Knowing when your time is up affects everything you do. Yes. And if you have but a predetermined... Knows. Right. And but, I'm not a robot, right. Norman. But if you have a predetermined set... And you know when that set ends. Okay. But, that end point is your fate. It is fated. But that is not that is not fate with a capital F. Yes, it is. Because it's just dudes programming robots being sadistic. Like, you know when you're going to expire. Well, they're not supposed to know. 
Well, they know. <laughs> they know. That's but, some asshole being a jerk to robots, which is why robots are going to take over the world. <laughs> it's still fate in the same way. It's some other actor predetermining your life. That is fate. No. Yes. It's just man being a jerk. Well, you could say the same thing of God designing fate. It's the same thing. Yeah. My the concept still of stands. fate. It sucks. Right. I'm just saying. I don't want to talk about this. I'm anymore. just saying that that any external force predetermining any arbitrary point in time in your life where something is going to happen is fate with a capital F. I know, but that's stupid. But my that's point, what it is. My point is that fate. That's is why stupid. the song includes Bilbo finding the ring. The song that the Maiar and the Valar play includes Bilbo finding the ring. It's dumb. It includes Isildur cutting the ring off Sauron's finger. It includes everything that's going to happen. Dumb. It includes Iluvatar deciding not to smote the dwarves and allow them to not be made. No, that's Iluvatar deciding not to. But that it's all part of the plan. But then it's not what's-his-name's fault for making them in the first place. If he saw that these cute little dudes just like, oh, that's new. Yes. I'll just... I saw it. Yeah. That's a Louvatar's fault. Yeah. Well, it's he still, he takes them and he tucks them away and he waits still, for men and elves to come first and then he puts them in. It's it's still it still undermines every single like that's it doesn't that doesn't that just validates my point. It sucks. Fate only undermines your choices if you know what your fate is. But you're saying that they do. Not everybody does. I Androids do. In that example, they do. Okay. But not everyone knows their fate. Iluvatar doesn't show the Valar and the Maiar their fate. He only shows them part of what the song they wrote will make. So they make choices about how to go about building their vision. The fact that they build what they see and that it works out in the end doesn't undermine that they made those choices because they wanted that future to happen. I disagree. However... And they don't know beyond the end of what they saw in the vision. They are building it because that's what they want to make this vision come true. And what happens beyond that, they don't know. They just want what they saw to happen. I disagree, but we are at the 40-minute mark, so... Yes. It's a very gonna, long discussion. I'm going to wrap it up, if that's all right with you. That's fine. Okay. Um... I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I know we didn't really talk a whole lot about the minute, but... I mean, we did. We talked about, like, the core concept yeah. of the minute. Um, for 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if we got a little heavy on your Friday. Um, so we're from the website duelinggenre.com. In the meantime, if you also want to check out other podcasts um, in the same format, you can go to moviesbyminutes.com and... There are a plethora of movies to choose from. Uh, some of them are completed. Some of them are just getting started. So, yeah, check that out. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a good Friday and a good
genre.